What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And in today's episode, we will be going over our 2021 NFL mock drafts. And since the season, regular season, has just concluded in the NFL, the draft order is set at least 1 through 18. And let's get right into it, Henry. And we'll start off with the number one pick. And this this, uh, series of the NFL mock draft, we're going to split it into two parts. And we're only going to do the first round. So we're going to do 1 through 16 now. And then the next podcast you guys are going to hear, it will be 17 through 32. But let's get right into it at the number one pick. I don't know if there's much of a debate here, Henry, but I have to say the Jacksonville Jaguars will select Trevor Lawrence. Clear number one for obvious reasons. And if you guys know college football, you know Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick and there shouldn't be much of an argument made here. So, and Jacksonville is looking for a QB currently. Makes the most sense. How could you pass up on a generational type talent in Trevor Lawrence, possibly the best prospect since who knows who probably the best prospect in a while. I have to say, I can't even remember the last guy who was as hyped up as him coming into a draft. He has everything you could ever need out of a quarterback. So Trevor Lawrence, no question here at number one. Yeah, Andrew, I completely agree. He's arguably the best talent that we've seen coming out of college at the quarterback position since John Elway. I think he's the highest graded quarterback since Andrew Luck, but he has the potential to be significantly better than him. And he's going into a very, very good situation with a team that has a lot of money, a lot of draft picks and a new head coach. So I I like Trevor Lawrence's outlook going into next year. I think this is obvious of a pick at number one. Yeah, but let's move on to number two and the New York Jets hold this pick and we were honestly expecting the Jets to have the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. But of course, they went on a little bit of a run towards the end of the season, got two wins and ended up at the number two spot. But I have them drafting a quarterback here as well. But we didn't do trades in our mock draft, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets actually trade down in this draft. But as of right now, we didn't do trades. So I have to say New York Jets draft Justin Fields and Justin Fields really sold himself at number two just because of his performance so far in the college football playoffs. There's really no debate right now that there's a better prospect other than Trevor Lawrence that's better than Justin Fields right now. And I don't understand people saying Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields. I I don't see where these people are coming from. And Zach Wilson, I'm very high on him. I think he's a great quarterback, but after seeing what Justin Fields did against Clemson, I don't know how you could put Zach Wilson up against Justin Fields and honestly say that Zach Wilson's the better quarterback. There's no way Justin Fields, I think is the second best quarterback in this draft by far. And he, I think he'll get drafted number two, no matter what team is at selecting there. Yeah, Andrew, I completely agree with you. I think that, they're going to go with Justin Fields here with the possibility of trading Sam Darnold. I think there's still value they can get with him. I just don't think he's the answer for this franchise. I think he's better off getting traded to like the saints, the Colts or the Steelers where the situation is already there for him. And Justin Fields is most likely a number one pick in any other draft class besides this one. I mean, he's one of the most talented prospects we've seen in a while. I mean, at his pro day for Ohio State last year, he ran a 4-4-40, and this year he was reported to have run a 4-3-5. So most quarterbacks who are 6'3", 220 pounds, aren't running 4-4-40s and also have the ability to throw the ball 
80 yards down the field. So I think Justin Fields is the clear cut number two prospect in this class. The only way I see him not going number two is if they view Panay Sewell as a better choice here, a more clear cut option because they just don't know who they seem to think is better between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields or Sam Darnold. So they ultimately just choose Sam Darnold because it's the easiest choice. But I think Justin Fields is the pick here, no matter what. Yeah. And moving on to number three, you mentioned him yourself. I have the Miami dolphins and this pick was acquired from the Houston Texans at number three, but I have the Miami dolphins taking Penny Sewell, who you just mentioned. And He's so dominant. Like, this is one of the best offensive linemen I've seen coming out of college in a while. He's so dominant. And I know we didn't really see much of him in college at all, but you look at the tapes of him play, and I promise you, you have not seen a guy this dominant in in a while. So I don't see a way the Miami Dolphins pass on him. I mean, the only other reason why I think they might pass on him is if they go choose to go wide receiver to try to help out the future quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa, help out his weapons and give him more weapons. But other than that, I really think you have to draft Penny Sewell to protect Tua rather than to give him weapons. I think there's much more opportunities to get Tua weapons throughout the draft, but you're not going to get many opportunities to draft a guy like Penny Sewell. So that's why I think he goes number three to the Dolphins to protect Tua in Tua's future. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to basically choose Devontae Smith like because of the same reasons you said. You don't see many players like Devontae Smith coming out of college. I mean, he's a phenomenal route runner. He catches everything. He does have a bit of issue with his frame. I mean, he's not the biggest, but he's very fast. He has the ability to burn receivers. He's, like I mentioned, a great route runner. And he's probably going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. So I think the connection that he also has with Tua Tagovailoa, I mean, Tua's only national championship was a was came from a throw to Devontae Smith on the last play of the game. So the connection is there. I know you mentioned Panay Sewell. I think he's a very, very, very good offensive tackle prospect, but I think you can't really deny that the chemistry that Devontae Smith and Tua already had. And Tua demonstrated this year he has mobility to move out of the pocket, even with his injury history. So I think that they can draft another offensive lineman down the board or even sign someone in free agency to play tackle because they have a lot of cap space, Andrew. Well, Henry, you said you don't really think there's a wide receiver like him or as good as him in this draft, but I think you could make an argument for that, but let's move on to the next pick. And that's number four and the Atlanta Falcons hold this pick. And I actually have somewhat of a surprise pick. I think the Falcons move on from Matt Ryan. Eventually, at least they, they hold on to him for at max, I think one more year. And then they let this guy, who I think they're going to draft, take over the reins of this Falcons offense. And this is going to be Zach Wilson. I mentioned him a little earlier. A lot of people are saying he could be better than Justin Fields. I don't think so. So that's why I have him getting picked behind him. But Zach Wilson's still a very good quarterback, and he's he's looks very pro-ready. You've seen him at BYU. He's probably behind Trevor Lawrence and maybe even ahead of Justin Fields. And this is why I think people put him ahead. He's more of a pro-style quarterback than, and more pro-ready when you watch him play than Justin Fields. And I think he's a better pocket passer than Justin Fields. But also, the thing is, he's he knows when to escape the pocket. And I think Justin Fields is kind of lacking that. 
But overall, I still think Justin Fields is the better quarterback. The, the reason why I'm comparing the two isn't to say who's better than the other. It's just to show the difference between their games. But Zach Wilson, I do believe he's not as good as Justin Fields, but has stuff that Justin Fields doesn't have, like the ability to escape the pocket. But Zach Wilson is the best quarterback on the board, assuming that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are gone. And I think that the Falcons plan on moving away from Matt Ryan. Uh, and they kind of got rid of their head coach, who was kind of a Matt Ryan fan. And now that they're bringing in someone new, I really think they're going to try to move away from Matt Ryan and trying to have a fresh start. That's why I see them also trading away Julio Jones at some point. I really think they're going to try to get younger. And by doing that, they get rid of Matt Ryan. So I have them drafting Zach Wilson, kind of fresh start, new quarterback. Maybe they hold on to Matt Ryan for another year, max. But I think Zach Wilson will be the future quarterback for this for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Andrew, and you mentioned something about Justin Fields that I want to come back to. And you said that he doesn't really use his legs as much, as well as Zach Wilson. I think what you, I may not have been interpreting interpreting this right excuse me but I assume you're saying by that is Justin Fields just doesn't know when to use his legs and he tries to force throws when he could just use his legs I mean he's a very fast and athletic player so I think that's what you meant in terms of his running ability yeah no I think Justin Fields is a better runner than Zach Wilson but what I was trying to say is I just I think Justin Fields decision making on when to try to escape the pocket when to force throws in the pocket when the pocket's closing I think that Zach Wilson has the upper hand and Justin Fields just needs to improve but I for sure think Justin Fields is the better runner when he gets out in open field but the problem is Justin Fields just doesn't make the right decisions 100% of the time and I know no quarterback does make the right decision 100% of the time but I think Zach Wilson's better with those decisions when it comes to escaping the pocket. Yeah, it makes sense there. I mean, Zach Wilson is a more experienced quarterback. I think he's a four-year starter at BYU, and Justin Fields has only played two years, barely. He's played a total of like 20 games as a starter at Ohio State. I mean, he's 19-1, and so that's pretty damn good. But Zach Wilson is more experienced, just learns the game at a faster pace than Justin Fields does. But I think Justin Fields will ultimately be the better quarterback, which is why I have him taken higher. But at four, we're tracking back to where we were. I have the Atlanta Falcons taking Micah Parsons. I think he's the best player on the board. And I think that the Falcons need a pass rusher. They were one of the worst teams in terms of sacks last year. They need a guy to, to pair with Gray Jarrett on the outside. I mean, Gray Jarrett, I know, plays defensive tackle. But Micah Parsons is one of the best pass rushers, if not the best pass rusher in this class. And I know there's some concerns with what he's going to be like from an athleticism standpoint because he opted out this year and at that point wouldn't have played football for two years but I'm not overly worried with him he's a generational type pass rusher pass rusher and he can also play inside linebacker as well I mean he saw him do both at Penn State and I think the only way that Atlanta takes a quarterback is if they get Justin Fields or somehow Trevor Lawrence they're both from Georgia Justin Fields especially more from the Atlanta area and I think that's a homecoming for him but I don't think they take a flyer on Zach Wilson when they know they have Matt Ryan and they still think they can compete because the offensive line is good. The receiving core is very good. The defense is starting to get better. They just need to stop choking games and get some more help on the pass rushing standpoint, Andrew. 
Yeah, but let's move on to number five in the Cincinnati Bengals with this pick. And I have almost a sort of homecoming for this guy who they're taking. This is Jamar Chase at wide receiver. And this is the guy who I think can compete with Devonta Smith for being the best wide receiver in this draft class. And Jamar Chase, I have him getting picked in front of Devonta Smith because we saw what he did. He set a ton of records at LSU uh, in the not this past season since he opted out but the previous season the national championship season for LSU and this would be kind of reuniting Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase that duo and of course you need to get Joe Burrow some more weapons and the best way to do this is get to get him the guy who I think is the best receiver in this draft not only that but a guy who he's very familiar with in Jamar Chase it makes the most sense here at five if he's still available so that's why I have the Cincinnati Bengals holding uh, the fifth pick in drafting Jamar Chase with that pick. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to go a different route here. And the only reason is because Panay Sewell's on the board. You saw Joe Burrow had a lack of protection all year. And if you want to keep Joe Burrow as your franchise quarterback and not turn him into Andrew Luck, you have to find a way to protect him. And that starts with getting Panay Sewell, one of the best offensive line prospects that we've seen in a while. Joe Burrow is the franchise quarterback there. I think there's no doubt about that. But you can't keep watching him sustain these hits over and over again because he's just not that overly athletic. So you need a guy to protect the outside and stop those top-tier edge rushers like T.J. Watt, like J.J. Watt, like Miles Garrett. I mean, there's a lot of guys, but you need a guy that can protect the pass rusher, and that's Panay Sewell, Andrew. Yeah, and I think Panay Sewell is the ideal pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, but at number five, I really don't think that they will have a chance to get him. I don't think he falls that far. Of course, your mock draft is laid out a little differently, and that's why you have him dropping. But I could see a possible trade to number two or three, a trade up for the Cincinnati Bengals to try to get Panay Sewell. I think that's very possible. But if they are sitting at five, I believe Panay Sewell will be gone, and that's why I think Jamar Chase is the most likely pick for them. But let's move on to number six. This is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I really think they need someone, especially a receiver, because in, in the past years, couple years, they have not had any weapons at all. They tried drafting a, a receiver last year, Jalen Rager. He hasn't really turned out that well this season. Maybe he can improve, but as of right now, he's definitely not looking like one of the top receivers in the previous draft class. So I think they try again and draft one the guy who could, possibly win the Heisman this year. And that's Devontae Smith, as you mentioned from Alabama, he's having a crazy year. I still, although Jamar Chase wasn't able to play this year due to him opting out. I, I think Devonta Smith probably, I don't think there's a way Jamar Chase would have had a better season than him, but I still think Jamar Chase is the better receiver. That's why I have Devonta Smith going behind him. Also, it makes more sense for the Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, excuse me, and Jamar Chase duo to link up again in the NFL. So, I think it makes the most sense for the Bengals to draft Jamar Chase, but you could definitely make an argument for Devonta Smith being the top receiver in this draft class. So I have him going at number six, right behind Jamar Chase to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are probably the team that needs the receiver the most. And I think they draft one and draft a pretty good one in Devonta Smith. Yeah, Andrew. And I agree with you. I think Jamar Chase is better. And right now we just don't know what he looks like. I mean, he hasn't played at, he hasn't played football in a year and a half at this point. So we, we just don't 
know what, what, what type of player he is still. So there's going to be some concerns over his, his shape and his physical abilities that he had last year. I have him going at six to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he's Kenny Galladay 2.0, just a little bit faster and a little bit shorter. This guy catches everything. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't drop the ball. He had Joe Burrow. I understand last year, but some of the catches that that guy made. And I mean, it's just, just incredible. He's not the greatest route runner and his route tree just isn't top tier like Devonte Smith and what we saw from Jerry Judy last year, but he catches everything. So I mean, you can't really deny a guy who basically catches everything, especially to a place like Philadelphia where Jalen Hurts doesn't have top-tier arm strength and isn't really making these great throws. So you want a guy who's just going to go up and catch everything. Yeah, but let's move on to number seven. And in Detroit, the Lions hold this pick, and I have them drafting another receiver. Yes, I have three receivers getting drafted in a row and Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and now I have the Detroit Lions at seven drafting Jalen Waddell. I, I expect that the Lions keep Stafford. If not, I could see him going possibly Trey Lance at seven since I have three quarterbacks going before him. But number seven, Jalen Waddell, just because I expect either Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay or possibly both to leave, and Matthew Stafford will need at least someone to throw to. So Jalen Waddle will probably be the replacement for one of those two guys or both of them, I guess, if they choose to leave. So Jalen Waddle makes the most sense here for the Lions at seven. Yeah, Andrew. And your first point, I don't necessarily agree. With, well, I mean, I do. I think they'll ultimately, ultimately end up keeping Matthew Stafford, but I really would prefer them not to keep Matthew Stafford. But we'll talk about this in another podcast. But I have Jalen Waddle going here. You give that guy the ball in any type of space. It's a touchdown. This is the fastest receiver I've seen coming out of college since probably John Ross. He's faster than Henry Ruggs, and he ran, I don't know, a 4-2-5, something like that. Jalen Waddle is going to come out and run a 4-2. If he's, if he, I mean, he broke his ankle, so I don't know how, how much in shape he is, but he's coming back most likely for the national championship game. So for a guy who broke his ankle, I mean, to come back in the same season, that's pretty impressive. I think this is an obvious pick for the Lions. He's the most talented player on the board. He's the most athletic player on the board. And when you give that guy the ball in space, he's going to score a touchdown, Andrew. Yeah, agreed. But let's move on to number eight. Carolina Panthers told this pick, and I have them drafting a quarterback. And it's obvious they took kind of a gamble on Teddy Bridgewater. And this year, I just don't think he's the quarterback. He's the guy for the Carolina Panthers. That's why I have him drafting a quarterback here. That's Trey Lance. I think probably the most underrated player in this draft, just because he's coming from North Dakota State, not a lot of eyes on him. But I, if he was at a Power 5 program, I, I would say you people might have him ranked ahead of Zach Wilson, possibly Justin Fields. That's how good I think Trey Lance is, but just because he hasn't had the spotlight on him. And I do think he's a little raw just because he hasn't played against top competition yet. So that's why I've been falling to eight, but I think he could be much better than he, his draft spot may say. So I've been going to eight. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's the guy. So Trey Lance lands in, or Carolina for the Panthers and he might be their future quarterback 
Yeah, Andrew, I agree with you that they go quarterback. I just think Zach Wilson, obviously, I still have him on the board. I think he's the better quarterback. And I think that he fits the scheme more with this Carolina team. I guess you can consider drafting Trey Lance and running that read option with him and McCaffrey, but that's just not how the NFL works. And that's really not Matt Rule's system. You saw it, especially at uh, Baylor. His system is more to have an air raid type offense, a spread type offense. And I think Zach Wilson is used to running that at BYU. So I think he fits the, the, the system and just this team overall, Andrew. Yeah, so we both agree they go quarterback there. And I think that's the most likely option for them. But let's move on to number nine, Denver Broncos hold this pick. And you have the guy that I have being drafted by the Broncos drafted a little earlier, and that's Micah Parsons. And we we didn't get the chance to see him this year due to him opting out due to COVID. But I really think if he played, he would have been a top five pick. But just because he didn't play, we don't know how good of shape he's in, like Henry said. And we just haven't really seen him play in a while. I think he will drop. And that that there, I, I have him dropping into number nine. And I think he will be much better than that his pick will show at number nine, but due to him just not playing, I've been going to number nine to the Denver Broncos, but I, I think they pick him just because not only do I think he'll be the best player available at this time, but their pass rush has been lacking the past couple of years and, and they need to put some pressure on the quarterback. And the best way to do that is to draft Micah Parsons at nine. I believe that's a steal. So yeah, it makes the most sense for Denver Broncos to draft Micah Parsons if he's still available, which I have in my mock draft at nine. Yeah, Andrew, I don't have Micah Parsons available. And I think that the Broncos, they could possibly go quarterback here, but you obviously don't have any of the top four quarterbacks on the board. I have Trey Lance. I don't think that's the route they go. I think they give Drew Locke one more year. And their offense is overall fine. You're not going to draft a running back this high. Their offensive line is fine. They have young receivers. They just need to develop and stay healthy. And their defensive line's fine. They have Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, if they bring him back. Their linebackers, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. They have good safety in Jordan Simmons. But the big question is that secondary. And they lost Chris Harris a couple of years ago. And they, I think A.J. Boye might still be there at this point. But I don't think he's the number one corner in the league at this point. So I think they're going to go with the best corner on the board. And that is Pat Patrick Sertan, the second. He's the best cornerback on the board. That is the biggest need for the Broncos. I just explained to you, they really don't have any other huge necessary needs besides corner. And you saw a lot of receivers go off against them throughout this year. So I think they need to really establish that number one guy who they can put out on an island and just lock down receivers. And I think Patrick Sertan is that guy. Yeah, I could definitely see that, Henry. But let's move on to number 10. I believe we both agree here. Dallas Cowboys, basically their one need on offense is the tight end position. And I know their offensive line has kind of been lacking recently due to Travis Frederick, who, who was the leader of this offensive line, retiring. And ever since he retired, I think this offensive line hasn't been the same. But he's not only the only uh, piece of that O-line that went sort of missing and is gone now, but... I besides that O-line, which isn't even awful, but definitely isn't what it used to be. There's one need and it's clear on this offense and it's tight end. And we both think Kyle Pitts is the best option here at tight end. So Dallas picks Kyle Pitts here. And I think you agree here, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, I agree. I mean, Dallas needs defense. That's completely obvious, but 
when a guy like Kyle Pitts is on the board and he's just such a matchup problem for cornerbacks, for linebackers, just for everyone. He's just a matchup problem everywhere. I don't think you can really deny taking him there when he's just such a matchup problem. And this adds to this already incredible offense. That defense really started to play better towards the end of the year. So there's some potential there because they're just so young on the defensive end. And when you get Dak back, I mean, that offense would be deadly with Zeke, CeeDee Lamb. They're able to bring Michael Gallup back. Even then, they still have Amari Cooper. So if they're able to bring in Kyle Pitts and draft him, I mean, this offense is going to be absolutely insane next year. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts is basically like another receiver for your team. It's not like you're drafting a tight end. You're drafting a six foot six guy who can run with most receivers. So you're drafting another receiver here at the tight end position. It's a total steal, I think, at 10. I believe he's much better than that. But I think his draft value will be around 10. So that's where it'll go. And it makes the most sense for the Dallas Cowboys to grab him up there. But let's move on to number 11. And the New York Giants have this pick. And I believe we also agree here, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. I mean, the Giants defense was playing pretty great this year, especially that defensive line, but it never hurts to improve your pass rush. And that's what they're going to do with Quiddy Pay. Very good pass rusher. So it makes the most sense here at 11, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, that offensive line did start to play better towards the end of the year. And it was a very, very big glaring problem towards the beginning of the season. But I think it ended up being one of the top 20 off or top 15 offensive lines in, in the NFL. So I completely agree with you. Quiddy pays the go-to guy here. Their secondary actually was very good. They're going to get Saquon back going to next year. You could argue receiver, but with the top three and Kyle Pitts off the board, I don't think you can really argue going with a pass rusher here. You have your pick between Quiddy pay and Gregory Rousseau, but I think ultimately they're going to go with Quiddy pay. Yeah, I agree. And let's move on to number 12, San Francisco 49ers hold this pick and I have him drafting Patrick Sertan and out of Alabama and he is the best cornerback available in this draft and I know there's probably other problems that this uh, San Francisco 49er team can fix and probably on the offensive end I mean their defense is for the most part it's just been unhealthy and that's why they didn't perform up to par this season but I think you have to draft Patrick Sertan especially since your secondary wasn't amazing this year, even though it wasn't the healthiest, it wasn't great. It's definitely the weakest link of that defense. And when Patrick Sertain is probably top 10 player in this draft, top 10 prospect available at 12, I think you have to draft him there. And although you could probably improve your offense, I think it makes the most sense for them to draft him here at 12. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with the cornerback spot. I really don't think they have any other glaring holes really outside of cornerback and especially because they're about to lose Richard Sherman in the offseason he made it clear that they're just going to not be able to sign him so there's no bad blood loss between those or bad blood within those two Richard Sherman and the 49ers organization but the other parts of this team the offensive line the quarterback position possibly I don't think they're going to go with the quarterback though the receivers are just young but they're very talented they have a lot of running backs apparently and they have Good linebackers, obviously great def- defensive linemen. So I think the only way you can go here is with the cornerback, and I think Caleb Farley is the best cornerback on the board. So I think ultimately it makes sense to just choose your cornerback of choosing. You could go with Eric Stokes. You could go with J.C. Horn. For God's sake, Sean Wade. If you do that, I, I don't know why, but I guess 
But ultimately, I think they're going to go with Caleb Farley here, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, and I don't think that's that bad of a pick at number 12 for the 49ers to draft a cornerback. But obviously, you had Patrick Sertain, who we both agree is the top cornerback in this draft class, getting drafted a lot earlier. So if they are going cornerback, I believe Caleb Farley is the best pick, since I do believe he is the second best cornerback in this draft class. But let's move on to number 13, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. And I believe they do kind of reach at this pick and I know you guys probably will disagree with this because I think they draft Rashad Bateman wide receiver out of Minnesota and I believe they do kind of reach for him and I think he's a mid to mid to late maybe a first round pick but I think they draft him at 13 and that is because of course the top three receivers in Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle will all be off the board, as well as Kyle Pitts, who's basically a receiver that plays tight end. So at this point, the best receiver available is Rashad Bateman. And so I think they reach for him here. And that's because they need a guy who can uh, catch the deep ball and run the deep ball for Justin Herbert. And with Justin Herbert's deep ball accuracy and his throwing power, and that, that just makes the most sense for them to go with a receiver that can beat a guy, beat a corner down the field and get that 60-yard play, big play for uh, Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense. And Keenan Allen, although they have him, he's not that type of guy who's going to go 60 yards down the field. I mean, he's not going to burn anyone. He's more of a route runner who gets that maybe 15-yard completion, solid completions. But he's not that guy who's going to burn people. Mike Mike Williams, who they have, he's not going to burn people, but he can certainly catch a deep ball. But Rashad Bateman's that guy who can burn a guy down the field. And although he's not the fastest receiver in this draft class, he, he's a really good one and a guy who can catch that deep ball and run that deep ball. So I, I, I think they reach for Rashad Bateman, but we could see them possibly trading up for Jalen Waddell. Or I think they can go offensive line to try to protect Justin Herbert. Yeah, Andrew, and you mentioned offensive line. That offensive line was absolutely horrible this year. I think Justin Herbert's going to have to wait another year if he wants another weapon. So I think they're going to go with a very versatile lineman, and that's Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. He can play guard and tackle. He probably will play guard. and or I mean, he's 6'3", so you could argue him to play either position, guard or tackle. But I think if you're drafting him that high, you're probably going to play him at tackle. So ultimately, I think you have to protect Justin Herbert. I mean, you don't want the same thing to happen to him that happened to Joe Burrow. So I think you have to you have to go offensive line. I see receiver. I see where you're going with it. But I think that Justin Herbert's weapons are fine enough, and he did more than enough with what he had already. Yeah, but let's move on to pick number 14, and the Minnesota Vikings hold this pick. And I think they draft a guy who's very underrated in this draft class. And I think underappreciated and that's Gregory Ruzao. And I apologize if I butcher a lot of these players names, I'm sure I have down, down uh, this mock draft, but Gregory Ruzao, I believe defensive end out of Miami and Minnesota, their defense wasn't nearly as good as it was in past years. And I really think they can improve that pass rush. And the best way to do that is to draft the best pass rusher available at this time. And that's Gregory Ruzao out of Miami. Yeah, Andrew, I have the same exact thing as you, Gregory Rousseau, excuse me, out of Miami. I, he didn't play this year. He opted out. But I think that the Vikings need a defensive end 
over the years, they've just lost everyone on that defensive line that was just so good a few years back. The offense is very good. The offensive line is very good. The, the secondary is just very young. You have to give it time. The linebacking core, I really don't know a whole lot about linebacking cores in the, in the NFL, but I don't think that it's a big enough need where you can pass on a, gener- a very good pass rusher in Gregory Roussel. Yeah, but let's move on to pick number 15, and this is the New England Patriots, and I really think they go out on a limb here and draft a second tight end in the first round, which you don't hear often, and that's in Pat Fryermuth. I believe you pronounce it. I, I'm sorry if I'm really butchering these players' names, but I believe that is how you pronounce it, tight end out of Penn State, and I. the only reason why I have him drafting him here is because I really don't think they go the defense route and I don't think they go offensive line, and they're not going to draft a quarterback this late, especially with the top four quarterbacks off the board, uh, unless they really reach for Mac Jones at 15. I don't see it happening. So I've been drafting their second biggest need on the offensive end, and that's tight end. And they haven't had a great tight end since Gronk, and Gronk's not there anymore. So I think they go Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State tight end to kind of replace that Gronk void that he left there when he left and retired and now in Tampa Bay. Andrew, you mentioned they could take a quarterback if one of the top four quarterbacks are on the board. And for me, one of them are still on the board, and that's Trey Lance. I think Bill Belichick's going to have to do it, whether he likes it or not. He's basically going to take Cam Newton 2.0, basically a younger version of Cam, not as big, but does a whole lot of the same things. He's more talented as a thrower. Is not as big as I mentioned before, about five seconds ago, but I think that they're going to have to take a quarterback. Cam Newton's obviously not going to be back. I don't see any way where they can't, where they, or where they start Jared Stidham next year. So unless they go out for like Darnold or somehow Dwayne Haskins as their quarterback next year, I think they're going to take a quarterback at some point in this draft. And I think that makes the most sense in the first round taking Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I think they take a quarterback, but I don't know this early. And I think Belichick believes in Newton more than people give him credit for is what I'm kind of saying. I think people are automatically assuming Newton won't be back. Newton won't be back. But I think there's a possible chance where I think Newton will be back because I think Belichick likes him a lot. But let's move on to pick 16, Henry, and the Arizona Cardinals hold this pick, and I have them drafting Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech, who you mentioned earlier, and you had him being drafted earlier, but I, I have him falling a little bit, and not because I feel like he deserves to fall, but it just makes the most sense with the team's needs in front, and I believe he falls all the way down to 16. Cardinals need a better secondary, and we've seen it all year. They, they've just been thrown all over this season. And they need a guy who could possibly be that guy who holds down the secondary. And Caleb Farley can definitely be that guy. He's arguably the best uh, cornerback in this draft class. I think Patrick Sertain is better than him, but he's still in that conversation. So Caleb Farley, I believe the Cardinals draft to improve that secondary. Yeah, Andrew. And I kind of disagree about the secondary. They have Byron Murphy and Buda Baker. So those are two good pieces. We still have no clue where the hell Isaiah Simmons is going to play in the NFL. So he could be part of that secondary too. So I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to go with the best overall weapon on the board. And that's Pat Fryermuth. And I couldn't tell you who the hell plays tight end for the Arizona Cardinals at this point. So I think he makes the most sense. 
I think he's just the best overall weapon on the board. So I think you give Kyler Murray another weapon, and hopefully he's able to take this team to the playoffs next year. But with that, Andrew, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.